came to church and had some other things going. And then on Monday, I had this huge test, uh, multi-engine pilot rating exam. And it was, it was a big deal, like all day affair. And I was just like, like in it, right? My mind is in it all day long. And I was wiped out. I was exhausted. And Gina's like, let's celebrate. And I'm like seeing double, right? Flying and doing an oral examination. And then yesterday was our 14th wedding anniversary. So Gina and I, 14 years. Yeah. So praise God for that. And then, of course, she had lunch with the kids at school and then lunch with me. And then after school, we're like, do we have soccer practice? Do we not? There's a storm. It doesn't happen. It did happen. And like spinning around. And then I get a text from Miss Theresa. She's like, do you have any scriptures to, to share with us for your for your message? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm preaching a message tomorrow. So anybody else? So like, man, I'm, I'm just kind of busy. Like, I am living a full plate of life, and it's a beautiful thing, and I'm excited about that. And tonight, I've got a message for you guys. Um, but before I get started, I, I will tell you, this is a message of encouragement, right? I want to encourage you guys. And my little boy, he's eight years old. Right before we left, he goes, Daddy, you know that you're going to be on Facebook Live when you're preaching tonight. I go, I know, buddy. He's like, don't mess up. <laughs> like, well, Jack. I mean, so it gave me an opportunity to minister to him right there. I was like, Jesus is the only one that's perfect. Your daddy is not, all right? Um, but, yeah, you know, it's fun getting up here to do this. Like an hour and a half ago, me and my daughter, we're making tacos, and we're eating tacos, and she's like, Daddy, and we're singing along to praise and worship music, and she's like, Daddy, it's a lip sync contest. Like, shut up. Right. Okay, so lip sync. Um, so anyway, did you guys have some music? No? No? Hey, I understand. Um, I wanted to give uh, Pastor Goodluck kind of a heart. I was going to play, uh, I wanted him to play Journey, Don't Stop Believing. I was like, because the other day somebody said, you know, should Christians only listen to praise and worship music? And they asked it on Facebook. It's like an open forum discussion. I was like, well, I love Jesus, but I'm not listening to Hillsong when I work out. Like, I want some, like, 80s big hair, no offense, Bill, to us, but, like, 80s big hair rock band music. I want to be, I want to be pumped up, you know? And so I don't want to, like, over-spiritualize my workout. Like, just give me some rock music, right? And so anyway... I wanted to play that Don't Stop Believing because belief, like the power of belief, like that's one of my top strengths. Like, have you guys ever taken like a strengths finder test, like a personality test to find out what you're good at or where your best aptitude is? Like, one of my top strengths is belief. Like I just believe. If I hear something, I see something, and it matches up with the Word of God, and I know it, like, and I love math because one plus one is always two, and there's no interpretation Unlike an English literature class, like, I'm good at math. The other stuff that's open for interpretation, like, it's too, too loosey-goosey. So I just, I, I'm strong in my belief. So when I read the Word, and I know the Word is true, and it's the Word of God, like, I instantly believe. I just, like, I don't, I don't have to be, like, you know, I, I don't have to, like, be seeing a burning bush. Like, it is the Word. I read it and I believe. So tonight, we're going to go to the Word because, because what's ever inside of you is what's going to come out. Right? So for an example, if you're walking with a cup of coffee and somebody bumps into you and it spills your coffee, why did that happen? 
Is it because somebody bumped into you? You spilled your coffee? No, you spilled your coffee because there was coffee in the cup. See, if you had tea in the cup and somebody bumped into you, what would you spill? You'd spill tea. Whatever's inside of you is what's going to come out when you're bumped by life or anything else. So for us, what is going to be inside of us will come out, and that's why we go to the Word. Can I get an amen? So let's go to the Word. Um, starting with Galatians 5.1. I think this is really important that you guys know me and you know what we believe in. We're gonna, don't stop believing. So this is where my family and I, Gina and I, we're, I'm the head of the household. She is my bride. We are one, and this is the word that we stand on. Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, which is freedom, right, which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. No bondage. Who's looking for freedom? We are standing on freedom. I served in the, in the United States military, and, and I'm like, I am a patriot. Like, I love freedom. That's why I love this nation so much. But at any given time that this nation doesn't provide freedom, who gives me my freedom? Christ. I'll go anywhere in the world and stand on this word, and I will be free. Right? So, we're going to be free. Let's, um, I'm going to say a quick prayer here. Lord, I just thank you for the Ark Fellowship. I thank you for this people group, your family, your church. Father, I thank you that you've introduced me to my brothers and sisters here at the Ark Fellowship. Father, tonight, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be present and to fill us up, Lord, with, by your word, Father, so that we can live in freedom, not by anything that we've, that we've done, but by what you've done in your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us on the cross. Lord, let my words be your words. And give us something good that we can stand on tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter 7, verses 17 through 18. We see in Scripture all the time about, you know, numbers. Numbers are very important, right? God calculates everything. I think God's given, like, I want to be more like God, and he loves math, and I do too. Right? Everything is calculated. Every hair that used to be on my head was counted by the Lord. Like, everything is all calculated. And the number 40, we hear that all the time, right? 40 days, 40 nights, right? 40 years. But what about the number 41? 41. And think of these things in your own life. Now, the flood was on the earth for 40 days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth. And all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. I mean, it's raining. You guys have been in a flood. You've been in a storm. It's like tumultuous, right? Forty days. Can you imagine if it just rained hard? Forty days. But the number 41, when it stopped raining, how do you think Noah felt? Peace of the Lord. Everything became still. It stopped raining, and he was in a safe place. Carried in the ark that was given to him, the idea given to him by God, and he built it with his own hands. Some of us might be at day 39 or 38 or 37, but we don't know. We might be on day 40, and guess what tomorrow has got in store for us? Day 41. What are we believing What are you believing? How about 
How about Moses, right? I was thinking about Moses. And in the first 40 years of his life, he was a prince. He was a prince, you know, prince of Egypt. It's like, oh, what a glorious life to be a prince. Get everything that I want. Maid servants, you know, people doing things for me, shining my shoes. But on day 41, or year 41, he went into exile for murder from prince to fugitive. And day 41, some of us might be right there. Like, we just entered in exile or turmoil. But guess what? 40 years later, the burning bush. And God called him into greatness. Where are you at? Are you in day, year 40, year 41, or year 80 or 81? See, we never know what the time is. Some people don't even know what season they're in. And in 1 Samuel 17, 16, it's one of my favorite stories. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself for 40 days, morning and evening. See, I'm kind of a big guy myself. Not really. I'm really small, but I could just imagine, and I got a, a, a great imagination. I could just imagine a 10-foot tall Philistine or an 8-foot, or in my case, even a 6-foot, it'd still be bigger than me. The, the thing is, a Philistine walking out in front of this army and taunting them day in and day out, 40 days. And, and, and I could just imagine that. The, uh, the Israelites were standing there, and every time he walked out, probably the bigger he seemed. Every, the first time, maybe not so much, but the second and third and fourth and beyond. And then the stories back at camp, you know how people tell stories? Like that fish that, that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. What's, what's, you know, what's tormenting you for 40 days, and it just seems to get bigger and bigger? And here's something else. Many of us have our giants. Our, our Goliaths that we're facing, but we're facing them in private. We're facing them in secrecy. See, David couldn't face his giant in private, in secrecy. Everybody was watching. The giant was right in front of everybody. And what gets exposed, we can fight as a, as a unit, as an army, as a group of believers. So I was just encourage you guys. Whatever those giants are, sometimes you need to bring them into light. Let the people who are praying for you and battling with you help you fight those giants spiritually, sometimes physically. But on the 40, 41st day, what happened? I love this story. Goliath got his head chopped off. That wasn't the part. Of it. He got hit with a stone. But I just, I love, I love the graphics of our Bible, God's Word, because He tells us exactly what, how to slay a giant. First you knock it down, and then you chop its head off so that it can't ever get back up. Day 41 was a glorious day for the Israelites, right? Man, I like that story. It even gets better when He drags the head back. All right. About Matthew 4.10. Verse 10 through 11. Matthew 4, verse 10 through 11. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, you got to know 
that this was at the end of a 40-day fast where he was being tempted by the devil. 40 days. Who among us can stand 40 days of being tempted and starving and fasting? I wish I was so, so righteous I could say that I fasted all day in preparation for this, but I didn't. I was eating tacos. I was hammering down on some tacos a couple of hours ago. But 40 days, a 40-day fast, praying, seeking God. And then, like, the devil himself is standing before you, tempting you. There's power here. But after that, on that 41st day, here comes the glory. That's when Jesus entered into the ministry. He had to go through the test. He was showing us how to do it. You guys get that, right? He's showing us how to face the test. And then you can go into your glory. And that's when Jesus started his ministry. So just imagine what that would be like. I don't even think most people realize what season of life that they're in. I don't think they do. See, I, what am I, 43 years old, I'm about to be 44, and, uh, and I remember when I was younger, on 40th birthday parties, I had these like black balloons, right, over the hill, right, 40 years, it was like, that was the halfway, I guess it's all downhill from here, and you could look at that and say, man, I'm already 40, or you could look at it and say, like I do, I'm only 40, I'm not even halfway home. Not even close. I'm going triple digits, baby. Like, what is your what? What are you expecting? What are you believing in yourself? Don't stop believing because the truth is, it's not time to settle down. It, it's not. It's not time to retire. It's not time to ride off into the sunset. And I don't care if you're 30 or 60 or 90 or you just hit triple digits. It's not time to slow down. We were at dinner the other night. I guess Monday night. It's all been kind of a blur, but I was listening to this lady. God bless her. And she was talking about work and how tough it was on her that day and dealing with some some unruly kids. Anybody know any of those? Some unruly kids who works in the school system. And she was like, I just have two years left. Just two more years. And she had her head down. And in my spirit, I was like, stop wasting the, stop wishing your days away. Like she's wishing the days away. I just wish two more years would go by like that. But but there's beauty in the next two years if she'll look for it. So I didn't didn't say anything to her at that time. I was praying under my breath. I was like, two more years might might not even come. See, tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us. And if we spend today wishing it was tomorrow then we miss the blessing of today because tomorrow's not guaranteed. So I want to encourage you guys to take advantage and think, what, am, what is it going to be like on day 41? What is it going to be, be like on year 41? What's it going to be like on year 81? What is that going to be like? Because we're, we're designed to have hope for a better future, right? You guys want to hope for a better future? Don't stop believing because it's right here in the Word, everything that God says you are. We were at a uh, football game. Scott Tossin here. Uh, I see Kenny. Remember we were at that football game the other night? Something I was just thinking about, like fourth quarter heroics. 
You know why sports are so exciting? It's because they know exactly how much time they have left on the clock. How easy would it be if we just if, if we had our time ticker and we're like, okay, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. All right, I'm in the two-minute drill. Now I'm going to give life everything I got. That'd be awesome, right? But we don't have that. You see, like the clock turns from third quarter to fourth quarter. All these college football players are walking around. Fourth quarter. Now we're going to turn on the juice. Now we're going to turn up the heat. What quarter are you in? What if every day you acted as if it was a two-minute drill? That's why sports is so exciting because anything can happen in a ball game, especially like basketball, right, when the score is so close all the time. How many last-minute shots did Michael Jordan get off to win the big game? And we celebrate that, and God's like, time's ticking. Show me your heroics. Show me what you got. Show me what you're made of. We have a friend, uh, friend of ours that passed away back in 2000. That uh, In 1993, seven years prior, he knew his time was short. He had, a, he had a heart condition. He didn't know how many days he had left. So he came out of retirement at a young age, dug into his back pocket, and started a company, and he gave it everything he had for the next seven years to create something, a business, a company that he could leave a legacy to his children, a financial legacy, because he hadn't taken care of them in the previous 50 years. But he knew that his time was short. And since that time, that company, you know, had over a billion dollars worth of gross revenue. It's made many of our friends uh, multimillionaires, uh, at least in earnings. But that was Charlie. And we remember his name because he left a legacy. Now, recently, we had a friend of ours at age 70 saw a need. And he was retired with his wife, being grandparents, loving life. But he saw a need. He saw he caught a vision of what he could do if he put his hand back to the plow for the next five to ten years. And that's our friend Richard. But see, those guys both stood on the word. And they know what's possible because they've seen it in their own life and the life of others. And we've seen it as well. You and me, we've seen it. We may not have recognized it, but we've seen it. I recently read a story of a... Um, a guy, he's 102 years old. He just became a billionaire within the last two years. See, because in the late 60s, about 50 years ago, so when he was around 50 years old, he started a company. And he put his hand to the plow, and he worked every single day. It's a shipping company out of Singapore. You guys can look it up. But he toiled every day. And today, he still gets up in the morning and goes to work because he hasn't given up yet. Don't stop believing. We still have something inside of us. You have something inside of you. And you may be young thinking, well, I don't have anything inside of me. Well, that's okay. It's coming. The average, the average starting age for entrepreneurs, 47 years old. That's the average. That means somebody who's 37 is going to have a counterpart that's 57. Somebody who's 27 is going to have a counterpart that's 67 because the average is 47. I'm not even there yet, Roy. Not even there yet. Some of you might be, oh, I'm, I'm, five years, I'm five years late on that. Well, that's okay. Late is better than never. The best time to plant a tree 
was 20 years ago. If you want to sit in the shade today, second best time to plant a tree is today. What can we do today if we stand on the word? So what's that dream you put down? What is that dream, that thing you've been asking for? Maybe you asked God for something 20 years ago. In Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, if you had that dream and you can remember it and you didn't write it down, I would encourage you to go back to it because it's never too late to muster up some energy, get in the two-minute drill. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. You got it? Habakkuk, I'll read it to you. Then the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets. Write down your dreams. Write down your vision. What do you want to come to fruition? And more importantly, make it plain. That means people have to see it. Don't write it down in secret. Make it plain. Just like God's word. He wrote it. He got it written on paper so he could make it plain. That he may run to it. Reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. See, time. But at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because surely it will come. It will not tarry. Because I want to fly private one day. And I know that that's going to happen, because I've written it down, and I've shared it openly, because I know that everything's possible. You know there's other people that fly private? Did you all know that? Happens all the time. All the time. Are those people better than we are? No. They had a dream. They wrote it down. They did the work. Guess what we're doing? I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to copycat. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. This is a big one, guys, because... For some reason, and I don't know where it came from, but having desires seems kind of selfish to a lot of people. But God tells me that I'm supposed to have desires. He's given me desires of my heart. He's given you the desires of your heart. And it's written right there in Psalm, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What are the desires? Could it be physical could it be mental? Could it be spiritual? Could it be financial? Could it be, you name it. If it's a desire and it matches up with the, God, the word of God, focus on him. And he'll give you the desires of his heart. It's, it's not selfish. It's not selfish to ask for more. As a matter of fact, as a child of God, I expect more. I expect it. I have an expectant heart all the time. I just expect great things to happen in my life. You know why? Because I believe. Don't stop believing. I was reading the, the prayer of Jabez. I remember when I was a young Christian. We, have you guys ever seen that book, The Prayer of Jabez? Man, I just read it. I was like, shoot, if he's going to ask for a larger territory, I want a larger territory. And I started praying that. And, you know, like a child, I was reading, Lord, enlarge my territory. I even said to him, Lord, let me be a blessing, not a curse. Jabez prayed it. I'm going to pray it too. It's in the word. I'm not making it up on my own. I want a larger territory. Who wants a larger territory? Every time Gina and I drive by, you guys remember the old Gander Mountain, uh, 1960 and 290? You ask her after this if I'm a liar. We all say, imagine if that was the Ark Fellowship. We don't own this church. We don't, there's nothing in it for us. 
But we're believing for bigger things for the Ark Fellowship. Lord, enlarge our territory one by one, over and over. You guys were here on Sunday. You might have seen uh, Pastor Larry Hutton. I'm going to give you guys some tips on how to do some things. If you want something greater to come on, stop comparing yourselves to others. Stop it. I'm not, if, I compared, if I compared myself to Pastor Larry Hutton or Pastor Goodluck, I'd, I'd still be sitting in the back. Man, I can't do what those guys can do. But what I do instead is I look to them for encouragement. Like, imagine what it's going to be like when I'm their age. If I stay in the Word and I encourage myself and I ask God to bless me and enlarge my tour, imagine what that's going to look like. See, I've got a vision. I never asked to be a pastor. He'll tell you. Flesh is weak, but the Spirit's willing. But I'm just looking at these guys, and instead of comparing myself, instead of you comparing yourself to what she has or what he has or what, you know, at their age and versus your age, it's going to ruin it. See, comparison is the thief of joy. Stop comparing who you are. Instead, ask God. Ask God to show you how he sees you. See, I'm not the luckiest guy in the world. I'm not the smartest not the tallest, not the most handsome, arguably. <laughs> but I know that I have a God-given destiny on my life. And I'm not going to stop believing. See, we make declarations. We just, what do we just declare up here? Let everything I put my hands to prosper. Hey, what is that feeling inside your gut when you say that? Are you believing it or are you just reading it on the screen? Because if you're believing it, you can go home. And you'll recite it. You will. It'll just be inside of you. When life bumps into you, it's going to spill out. Let everything I put my hands to prosper. Let those ministering spirits be released. I love it. Ask God how he sees you. Because he does see you. Matthew 6, 4 says that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret. Himself will reward you openly. He sees you. He sees me. My little girl, I see her. And I want to reward her. But I won't do it. I won't do it until they, they put forth some effort. So I just, I don't know. Some of you guys may know, may not know. But, well, Gina and I, we, we're entrepreneurs. We just started a new business. We just closed an old business. And I'm doing some aviation. And we're doing this. And we're doing that. And then... I've been trying to encourage my little girl to start a business. She's 10 years old because 10 years from now, when she's an adult, if if she gets herself in a bind, at least she'll have some sort of foundation on how to go out into the world and start a business, right? I didn't get that when I was 10 years old, but I want to give that to her. But here's the thing. I said, we had all these different ideas, and I was just thinking about it. I got glitter on me because I'm her daddy. Sometimes you just got to play in glitter. But she started this cookie company, cookie baking company, whatever, bakery. And then for like two months, she was just talking about it. Talking about, Daddy, what about this? And Daddy, what about that? And she's just talking, talking, talking. And I wanted to help her, but I was waiting. I was waiting. I needed her to step. You do something, and then Daddy will step in. Well, finally, two weeks ago, she goes to the store. And she buys some supplies, and she comes home, and, and I'm envisioning this big mess that's about to ensue all over my kitchen. So you know what I did? I'm her daddy. I stepped in. 
You guys heard great exploits of me being a great baker? No. <laughs> so I've got no experience in it. However, for the last two weeks, I've been helping. Like, honey, you get started. Let me step in and help. God, help me. Well, son, if you would just get started, I'll step in and help. How many times are we praying, Lord, help me. Lord, bless me. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Like he's some sort of genie in a bottle. And he's saying, put your hand to the plow and let me help. But we're just waiting. So how do we do it? How do we do it? Like, how do, how do we get started? Buddy, you got great advice. How do we get started? Well, it goes back to sports. What do they do? They show up. They practice. They watch film. See, I didn't, I, didn't go, I didn't go through any kind of training with Pastor Goodluck. He just said, hey, buddy, come speak. But I've been in training. See, I've been watching for such a time as this. When someone blows a whistle and says, hey, number 52, you're in the game. Are you ready? What have you been? See, I've been getting filled up in preparation for such a time as this. And guess what? You guys are getting filled up for an appointed time that is coming. And you can run from it like I did for a long time. But guy's got long legs and he's quick. So what do you do? Just get prepared. Get in the Word. Be prepared. Because your, your time will come. How about in life? Seek counsel. Small groups. Read the Word. The life. The life-giving Word of God. It's right there. Your manual for doing everything in life. It's all right there. How about in business? Did you know... I was. Did you know they, they say now with technology and the information age? You know, we're in the information age now. If you didn't know, we are. And they said you can get the equivalent education of a college degree in about 72 hours of searching the Internet. 72 hours, not, not 24 hours at a time. I'm just saying 72 hours worth. You could get the equivalent downloaded information as a as a college diploma, like a bachelor's degree. Isn't that crazy? It's out there. So read books, study, find a mentor, and don't be afraid to copy success. See, if you see somebody who's living a lifestyle that you would want, then start to emulate them. Not in a comparison way, not, a, not in a uh, idolic way, but if you see someone and they operate in a specific way, whether it's in their marriage or uh, the way they raise their children or business or life, start emulating. Start looking at what are they doing that I'm not doing? How are they able to do that? And, I'm, and then start asking questions because this is what I know. Successful people, they love to give away success tips. The more successful people are, the more they want to bless others. It's like the more wealthy people I meet, the more I realize they're the most generous people in the world. Trust me, I've seen it. It blew me away because I grew up in a time where, well, I, I, let me just say it this way. I grew up believing that rich people were greedy until I started meeting them. I started meeting them, I realized that they give away all the time. 
They give away charitable donations. They just they give, they give, they give. You know why? Because most of the ones I meet stand on the word, and they know the power of giving to God first. So, don't be afraid to copy success. Ecclesiastes one nine through eleven. I hope this I hope this kind of liberates you right here in Ecclesiastes. See, even though techniques change and technology changes, right? Some things improve upon this and that. But in Ecclesiastes, it says, That which has been done, what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. So you're waiting for this great business idea. Don't worry about it. There's nothing new under the sun. If we're waiting and 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 waiting, you're going to end up waiting your whole life. Remember what God said? What I told my little girl? If you would just step, watch what I can do to help you. My heavenly father is saying, buddy, if you would just move, I will make you go faster and farther than you could ever do on your own. But don't stand still. Don't stand still. I'm trying to help you guys here. <laughs> don't over-spiritualize it. I see my friends, some of my friends have done this. So I, I'm praying, as soon as I get a word, or as soon as that leaf shakes three times, or my phone rings and it's this person from this area code, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? You're already blessed. God said it, not me. God said you are blessed. Just be blessed. Just move. But we want to jump in our car and drive down the road. Do, do we pray about it? No, we just, we do it, right? But when it's something big, on my flight test on Monday, Bill, he goes, buddy, do you tend to over overanalyze things and overthink? I was like, yeah, kind of sometimes. He's like, touch your nose. And I was like, he goes, you just thought, why? And I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, just do it. And I'm like, man, he's so right. He's so right. There's a, there's a lesson in that. There's a spiritual lesson in that. Don't overthink it. Don't over-spiritualize it. Don't st- you are blessed. Just be blessed. Amen? Just be blessed. And know when you move, God will move. Well, he's going to move with or without you. But I'm telling you, if you move, watch how fast you can go. You were made for greatness. We just sing that song, right? How great is our God? How great is our God? You know, you were made for greatness. You might not believe it, but I'm telling you that it's true. You know why I know? It's in the Word. How are people good? Well, how great is our God? All the world will see. Everyone, all will see how great it is. How are they going to see? Through you. How are they going to see how great God is if you are living less than what he expects. See, we're made in his image. You guys, you can turn to the front of the book. Hey, right now it says it right there. Let us make man in our image. I read it twice today. Let us make man in our image. In Genesis chapter 1. Is God great? Are you made in his image? Am I made in his image? Are you made for greatness? Hello? 
Are you made for greatness? Yes, we are. And who is it for us to say anything less about ourselves? See, when I look in the mirror, if I say, oh, buddy, you fill in the blank. Anything negative. What do you think God's thinking? If my little girl looked in the mirror, my little boy looked in the mirror, and they said something bad about themselves, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm their daddy. I'm like, Honey, you're beautiful. Jack, you're handsome. You're so smart. You're an amazing child. What do you think God's doing to us? When we're talking bad on ourselves, what's God saying? Don't believe it. You're made for greatness. Matthew eleven eleven says, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Not one greater. From the beginning of time, all the way up to John the Baptist. Anyone born of woman, there's not been one greater than John. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven, that's you and I, is greater than he. Those words were written in red. That's Jesus Christ telling you that everybody all the way up before and including John the Baptist, no one was greater than John. Everyone from John after, that's all of us. The least of these is greater than he. You're made for greatness. Whenever I, uh, I got that text from Teresa, I said, do you have any, do you have any material? And I was like, oh, snap, I totally, like, I've been busy. It's not a bad thing. I was just excitedly like, oh, yeah, I have, I have something. Not. So I, I went and I started praying. I was like, Lord, just lead me. Like, you know what these, what, what these folks need. You know what I need. See, God knows what I need. So whenever the pastor asks me to do this, this is, like, wonderful for me because I get to minister to myself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, he just downloads it. Like, buddy, did you forget? Buddy, did you forget that you were made for greatness? Oh, man. What, what have I been doing? See, for me, I instantly repent. Like, Lord, you're right. I'm made for more. Like that hour I just spent doing something that wasn't aligning with my vertical alignment of faith, family, finances, fitness, fun, like all those, anything outside of that, like, I'm living outside of my own vertical alignment. And like, that's not leading me to greatness. So when I get, get in this word and I'm starting to look, and, and guys like, go here, look at this. I grabbed a book out of my study. It's got a question behind the questions. It's about personal accountability and responsibility. It's probably a business book. I only read like two pages, not even. And I didn't have to because I'm like, God, show me something. And then I see the book, I grab it, and I opened it up. Right in the very beginning, there was a quote, a quote by Michelangelo. And you guys know Michelangelo, painted the Sistine Chapel, later had a falling out with the Catholic Church because he believed that man could talk directly to God. Yeah, I think he was on to something. But anyhow, he, he had a quote. He said, as an artist, you guys know he was an artist. He said, I saw the angel in the marble and I carved it until I set him free. I saw, see, an artist sees before they ever do anything with their hands. They just had these amazing minds. I don't have that gift, but they do. He said, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, being able to see a, like a big rock. I mean, that's a big rock, right? 
I just I don't have that side of me. I'm not the artistic. But he saw it and then he carved it out, carved it, and set the angel free. Then later on, he went on to say, every block of stone has a statue inside of it. And it's the task of the the sculptor or the creator to discover it. Every person is like that block of stone. There's greatness inside. But it has to be carved out. It has to be carved out through hard work. It has to be carved out by the individual who can perceive their own greatness. To succeed, you must carve your greatness out of the block. There's greatness here. And each and every one of you, each and every one of you watching at home, you're made for greatness. Can you do it? More importantly, will you do it? Will you walk out your God-given destiny? Will you look at what you did yesterday and realize that it didn't match up and what you're going to do tomorrow? Because we don't know how fast that clock is ticking I would encourage you guys, whatever plan you had, whatever idea you had, whatever dream you had, whatever dreams you have, write them on the tables. Do what the word says. Believe that God is going to bless that. Ask, ask for it. Daddy, help. I will step if you will help. And it'll happen. Don't stop believing. The word says that you are made for greatness. And I believe that you are. I believe this church is going to be enlarged in the name of Jesus. But we have to move first. Watch what happens. Lay your hand to the plow in fertile ground, fertile soil. Sow the seed and a harvest will come. We don't know when. We don't know what time. It's not for us to determine. It's for us to don't stop believing. So... That's my message for you guys today. I hope it's an encouraging word for you. And I hope I can go home and tell Jack that I didn't mess it up. We'll see. Hey, if I did, so be it. Since I've met Jesus, nothing has impressed me anyway. Um, let's, uh, let's bow our heads and pray. If you're feeling the need to maybe... Maybe repent like I did. I felt the need to repent to God. God, I know I'm not living up to my fullest. Then you can do that. If you need to recommit, recommit to being fruitful. God tells us to be fruitful and to multiply. Multiply what? Anything that we lay our hands to is supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Or maybe you want to live this life of freedom. Maybe you want to go back to Galatians 5.1. And never be bonded by a yoke again. And you want to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life so that you can experience the freedom that he bought and paid for. You can do that right now. Father God, we we give thanks to you, Father. We bless your holy name tonight. And we're so overjoyed that you made us in your image and that we can be and do anything that we have a mind to do. Father, our thoughts are your thoughts. And we ask for your your complete download of everything that you have for our life. Once again, I thank you for the Ark Fellowship. Thank you for this people group. This is our family, Lord. And we're so overjoyed that you are our father of this family.
Lord, I ask for a blessing. Bless these people. Father, you know what they need long before they ever asked. And Father, I just, I pray that you would give them the courage to stand up and face that giant. Let it be known. Call the giant out into the open so that they don't have to face it alone. Because day 41 is coming, and it will be a glorious day. Day, year 41 is coming. It's going to be a glorious year. And we're going to hold fast, and we're going to stand firm. We're going to stand strong on the word that is our rock, our foundation from which we believe. Father, allow us to never, ever, ever stop believing. Because without hope, people perish. Lord, we love you. We love your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, our helper. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.